wish they had played like a song for the band when they introduced Leave on Helm. Yeah, like the wait just starts to play. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, he was entering the South. It's kind of every other movie does that. <laughs> or like yeah. they're like traveling through, traveling through old America. <laughs> it's like, wait, why are they playing up on Crickle Creeper at Creek yeah, right now? the night they drove old Dixie down. <laughs> <laughs> it was driven down by a guy from Boston. By a guy from Boston. <laughs> playing a guy. <laughs> playing an indeterminate American guy. <laughs> at one point he has a terrible ponytail. Yeah, at one point he grows his hair out. It's a wig. Hello, and welcome to the award-winning podcast, The Academy Academy, the show that discovers the absolute, undeniable, and scientifically proven greatest performance in your favorite actor's esteemed career. <laughs> I'm Lois Saunderson. It's me, uh, Peter Griffin. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Peter Griffin's here. <laughs> welcome to The Academy. And no, welcome I just came to... back from Ethiopia. Oh. Ethiopia. Part five of the Antoine Fuqua story, the one you've all been waiting for, really. Shooter. Released March 23rd of 2007. Shooter is currently on the Stars Network, is where I watched it, as previously yep. mentioned. Everything we're watching now is on Stars, so might as well just subscribe. To- it, has, it has every show. It has power. It has. Uh, uh, uh. Can you see me or hear me? Okay, I good. can see you. I can see you. I can, I can see you. <laughs> you were Patrick, Patrick and I are doing the mirror. <laughs> Where, are Where are you? I see you. <laughs> we're like uh, on two sides of a Paul Schrader oh, mirror. Golly, we're like those two. This one and the Halloween episode is just um, chaos, right? Yeah, pure chaos. Pure. Yeah. I'm like, I'm punch drunk. I'm like uh, tired. Tired. Oh, so tired. We get gutted by the AFI Film Festival and their weird <laughs> labyrinth lines. <laughs> oh God! Like in the 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 worst Hollywood is Boulevard is probably the worst street in America, right? It's like a top fiver. I, I imagine it's like if you live in New York and you're like, I'm gonna go spend time in Times Square. You're not. Yeah. You no. never. Like why? Never. Why would you, you ever do that? You gonna go to the Eminem store? Get out of here! I know. It's like the closest. They're reopening the Egyptian, so it's gonna be a little more action down there. But it's still, it's it's like, I mean, you name it. The parking is a nightmare. The food situation outside of like Musso and Frank's is um. Oh, I saw not uh, not not great. I I went um, across. I went across the street to Greco's Pizzeria. That pizza (laughs) looked cursed coddled like the cheese curdled the cheese like curdled but i mean if you want to run into like people like heading toward their um ecstasy peak on their way out of the club or into the club and a guy dressed like spider-man and families who are shocked at how awful it is who just wanted to look at the handprints at the chinese theater um this is and the consistent non-stop smell of urine no matter where you are, um, the greatest feeling that you'll never have in your life of needing to wash your hands. This is the place for you. <laughs> yeah, L.A. Rose, the L.A. Rose urine. 
it's it's yeah it's always like anytime anyone comes here it's like man i went down to see those stars on the street and it wasn't what i expected no you've yeah. entered you've entered the film vice squad <laughs> yeah <laughs> a guy dressed up like optimus prime wouldn't leave me alone <laughs> I, yeah and then i somehow got audited for scientology <laughs> like yes <laughs> So yeah, we're discussing shooter. It's on stars. Everything we're doing is on stars. Um stars yeah. is the home of the late nineties to mid two thousand mid early two thousands <laughs> cinema. Move um, over, Max. <laughs> yeah. Move over certainly not Max. Stars and you know, what's the other one? Um oh Paramount Plus Showtime. They got the rest of them. But oh, yeah. this is kind of like this may be our new dad. New Dad Cinema. I'm going to coin the term New Dad Cinema. Yeah, this is like um, dads were my age. Yeah, this is where this is where we are all going. Who saw Shooter like I did when it came out because it was at Hollywood Video and we needed something to watch. Yeah, it's by dads for dads. By dads for dads. But like the days of like the like John Wayne, Clint Eastwood, Charles Bronson Dad <laughs> Cinema. Oh, is no. kind of moving toward being just kind of TCM for the most part, grandpa yeah. cinema, if you will. Mm-hmm. And um, and even like the '80s, like Schwarzenegger, Stallone peak is in that area. We're yeah. in. We are at home now with Bad Boys Two. We are at home now oh, with Shooter sure. as being new core, new dad cinema. In the same way that you might be surprised to see Predator on TCM one day. This in the same way that you might be surprised to like, you know, you're but, listening to the classic rock station and suddenly they're playing fucking Weezer. And yeah, you, exactly. Your that's, hair goes a little wider. Yeah, that's <laughs> the difference. The gray in my beard is showing because it's not so much Predator as it's the Adrian Brody starring Predators. It's the oh, new dance. You know? <laughs> no, that is. Yeah, that's that, that, that is when I get into the fetal position when. New Dad Cinema, folks. We've coined the term. I'll write a thesis on it and create uh, create a canon. The New Dad Cinema canon. Uh, oh, man, make that make that make that uh make that letterbox list. Yeah, I think that that would be a hot list. That's so, your grand project. And Shooter is definitely like at at home in New Dad Cinema. Um, Peak, yeah. Like I said, I had rented this before on DVD from my mm-hmm. local Hollywood Video. Again, it was one of these ones like. There was a time, like around 2005, 2006, 2007, mm. folks, this is pre, uh, pre-streaming for our younger listeners out yeah. there. Which, Culture was fr- that. It's on Fridays, if you were not going out, if, say, you were in a committed relationship or something like that, and you did not live in a town where, uh, unless if you, you were either going out to a bar, you're going to the movies, or you're picking up, like, Taco Bell and <laughs> dropping by the Hollywood video in one loop from your house. Oh, yeah. And picking out five or six flicks to last you over, you know, a four-day weekend or something like that. <laughs> and once you got through the, like, oh, golly, like, I'm, I, I'm ashamed I missed Brokeback Mountain in the theater. I better rent that. Yeah. <laughs> once you got through, like, those kind of movies or then it came down to, like, well, I got, I got one more movie to pick. Guess it's shooter. 
Yeah. Like, it was kind of it's, the, a, uh... it's either a shooter or I watched the uh, F. Gary Gray Italian job remake for the fourth time. New Dad Cinema. Yep. Yeah. Oh, That's another sure. New Dad Cinema would be. The... Mark Wahlberg is really a key figure in New Dad Cinema, I think. Yeah, he, he's a he's a patron saint of the of the art form, if you will. Because like um, a key movie, and this is a good movie, The Departed is New Dad Ooh. Cinema in a big way as well. And he's a big part of that. Oh my gosh! Yes, move over, Pizza Rat. There's a there's a new rat in town, and it's yeah. an old rat. It's the rat from The Departed. It's the rat. It's that rat from The Departed. I'm gonna make this list. You know, now it's off my mind. <laughs> new New Dad Cinema. <laughs> it's there's so many examples. You got to do it. Basically, it starts around 2000 2001 <laughs> when like the kids of the millennium are turning 17, 18, 19 years old. Is it a post 9 11? Uh, I think that there's um. You could think about you could consider that. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I, I mean, bad, I, yeah. What's that? Bad Boys Two, definitely New Dead bad, Cinema. Oh, absolutely, Bad Boys yeah, Two. Is, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Something you know. Let's you know. Let's uh. We'll, we'll let this marinate. Hey, if you have some su- suggestions to add to this letterbox Ooh. list, check in with us at the Academy Academy Podcast Gmail dot com or at Twitter at the Academy Cat. We're interested in building this out. You know, Fight Club might be the first new dad. Fight Club and the Matrix might be the first new, the Man. first new dad cinema movies in '99. Yeah. Oh, Sixth Sense, new dad or too too classy? Boy, that's a good question. It's right on the line. Mm. It's absolutely right on the line. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think like, I think uh, Collateral would be New Ooh. Dad Cinema. I that's think. true. That's like a that's like a very classy New Dad Cinema. So maybe maybe six. Well, I think you there. could be. I think I think you could be classy, and I think like because um, the for, the only two crossover movies from Old Dad to New Dad Cinema are clearly um, the Shawshank Redemption and Heat. Yes, that is like, like yeah. remain at the core of New Dad Cinema <laughs> because they so dudes rock in the hardest way in Heat, dudes rock in the most sensitive way possible in the Shawshank Redemption. Mm. It gives the best of both worlds because these Gotta... this is also dudes rock cinema still. Dudes rock crosses all boundaries. Like dudes rock <laughs> yes. can be the wild bunch or the magnificent seven all the way to the new magnificent seven. <laughs> like Goodbye, Dragon Inn. Maybe not New Dead Cinema. <laughs> no. <That's>... So <laughs> did Dudes Rock Cinema. Uh yeah. Shooter. Had you seen had you seen Shooter before? Have I seen Shooter before? No. This was my first time. You probably were aware though, because I know that Chapo Trap House did a shooter episode a few yeah. years ago. They were weird and <laughs> They were as weirded out by this movie as anyone else watching this movie in 2023 yeah. will be. <laughs> I, I, I have vague memories of that. I, I tried to kind of excise that episode from my brain because I was like, oh, I don't want to say all these classic uh, Chris Wade jokes. Yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't thinking. <laughs> I I did not really listen to it because, you know, they they've they covered it pretty exhaustively and humorously on that episode. So we're looking for some new angles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> boring. Basically, it's, it's, not as good. Not no. as good. But, it, it you know, I think we'll I think it's a fascinating movie because it definitely fits into like our. The mm-hmm. if it isn't also new dad cinema, it's also that post 9-11 cinema. Mm-hmm. As well, like the ha- the Hangover and the Iraq War and stuff like the Hangover, actually. Yeah, <laughs> but um, the Hangover of <laughs> September 11th and the 
subsequent Iraq war and the Bush era in general and all that kind of thing. I don't know if you saw it too. It, coincidentally, in the week we are covering shooter George W. Bush reemerged to throw the first pitch at the World Series the other night. Uh, and ominous, I, ominous. Ominous. I'm like, I saw it. I was like, this guy is back? <laughs> what? Like, he was gone. But he was gone. Oh uh, man. <laughs> get out of get out of here. I Go know. back to painting in your I little know. cave. Go like just return to being the crib keeper. <laughs> like just do it. But so shooter's a really interesting one though, because like it's clear it it's a little ideologically confused, mm-hmm. I would say. But that it makes it actually far more interesting than the like lone survivor mm-hmm. or or going back to it like the rendition stop loss in the valley of Allah type anti Iraq war movie it holds this gray middle ground in which which is just kind of like you were saying before we jumped on the realm of the conspiracy theorist who kind of dabbles on a little bit of right wing and a little bit of left wing conspiracy yeah and that actually makes it to me a much more interesting, much more fascinating watch than something that is just chosen aside. I think it's like this was like it comes from an era where you could um, we didn't know it that well. And so felt people were perhaps a little more comfortable with being more flippant on this subject. And I, I think as so as, too. Yeah, especially like I feel like Internet conspiracy stuff was still like a nascent concept in the realm of cinema, at least the rendition that we've witness in the film were like what was it like uh, michael well, pena's character is talking to gun professor on aol yeah conspiracy was more the realm of like the pot smoking oliver stone types yes then it was like depending on what side you're on legitimately dangerous like extremism yeah, or it was yeah, because like it was either like the the pot smoker or the um, the crazy kook with like the the Charlie. It's always in sunny Philadelphia yeah. wall with all the, and it the was pictures. Just kinda, in the like funny, and you could say like, "Oh, Charlie," you know, yeah. like, and you know, obviously historically, we long before the Trump era and this QAnon era, there was extremists who did kind of let this go to their heads. Yeah, a little too far, which also makes this movie interesting because this character could be that too. It's so fascinating because he, on paper, you would say he is that, but he is just the hero. He is a. It's it's fascinating because he is if the Unabomber was also the American sniper was also, yeah, like Jack Reacher, like all of them combined into one thing, one kind of like goopy ideological mismatch yeah and well and then there's also this like seductive power fantasy element of it too where it's like you know hmm, but you also completely the villains in this movie you completely buy as like yeah like they those are real guys and they are working on like you buy it all so you're like i kind of get where he's coming from and it's like where whoa that's our that's at the end of the movie is like my reaction this is just kind of a whoa <laughs> like yeah it's it's great it is like it's simplistic how they do it but it is still like yeah you could ar- you could argue it's just like a sloppy mishmash or you oh, yeah. could argue it's actually the 
one of the more interesting like For sure. character and political films of its era. Yeah. Accidentally. I would yeah. argue it was accident it was all accidental too. For sure. Fuqua and his star Mark Wahlberg have never shown like they have like a particularly subtle hand, and I don't mean that in a like critical way. No, they, they're they're, like, they're jackhammers and kind of what they put out there. Honestly, like Antoine Fuqua, he has. Uh, I was thinking about this. He kind of does remind me of Paul W S Anderson a little bit in the terms of like a guy with like really some really strong like skills when it comes to like crafting cinema, but then just like narrative is not his like. He's just not a big narrative guy. Yeah, and I think when hand like Paul W. S. Anderson, I don't think has ever been handed a script. Maybe Event Horizon, but has never been handed a script as strong as Training Day. Like his no. the circumstances have never yeah. like, like landed him in that situation. And I think like yeah, both incredibly talented, both worth hiring, both yeah, like have their interests. And I think both of them though. So I was also thinking about this. Like I was, you know. I was listening to the Roger Deakins podcast, which if you don't listen to that, folks, it's better than ours. Listen to what it. What are you doing? Get, get out, out of here. here. But um, yeah. the Team Deakins podcast, and they had David Lowry, who directed Green Knight and Ain't Them Body Saints and a few other things on. He was talking mm-hmm. about his childhood love. And he's about my age, give or take a few years. Yep. Uh, he was talking about his love of like childhood love of like Star Wars and stuff mm. like that. And I think like, but he kind of like, he also talked about how they're like, well, how did you make like, a ghost story or in the yeah. body saints and be like a star Wars head. He goes, well, I still love it, but he's like, I also went and watched goodbye dragon in. I also went and watched like yeah. workmeister harmonies and Satan tango. And like all of these like heart, he's like all of it. And like, but I think there are a lot of filmmakers kind of of that. The, I don't know. I can't speak for them, let, but it feels through their work. Like the Fuqua's was mm-hmm. the W.S. Anderson's like, they saw, these formative movies when they were kids and then didn't really like go much deeper than that. Yeah. Paul W.S. Anderson. Like what they, their interests that they had when they were 12 and just discovering movies. Yeah. Kind of remain the same. Although the Fook was quite it. Quite it. Oh, the Fook was quite it. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, We're tired. Uh, Yeah. he was a I he do, was a Kurosawa head too. Yeah, I, I do think he has tried to be more yeah. high minded at the very least. I think though that like what one thing I find really interesting, and I hope we can break down as we get into more. His movies are really violent. Like yeah, they go all in. Formally, go all in and are really violent. Yeah, and I don't know if there's ever been like a good study of like why that is i'd be curious about someone an academic smarter than i to go all in on kind of the psychology of that and i don't know if it's his upbringing i don't know if it's the movies he's watched i don't know like i don't know i I always think like i feel like i've read some fuqua interviews and i've heard him like speak in at this point what i get from that level of violence he provides is that he he wants to be the guy that, like, I want to go all the like. There is like this like sense with him where like he wants to push buttons in certain regards, and I don't Which I like. It, I oh, like I like it that. too, yeah. and I think that's like, I think that's like part of it. I think it is like this pushing buttons and like, um, it's almost like him being like, I'm serious in a weird way. I don't know if that makes sense. Well, I think I, like this and um, 
Tears of the Sun. I think he's like, and I think his complaints on King Arthur about how it got toned down. Yeah, he wanted it to be fucked up. I think he wants it, these things to be fucked up. He wants to be in your face. He wants to show you, hey, man, like, grab you by the lapels. I think mm-hmm. he, it's like, um, they lack a nuance that perhaps yeah. puts them over the top to the, ke- to the realm he would like to be in. I don't know where to find that. I mm-hmm. see about that, like, watching these we've been patrick peek behind the curtain patrick and i've been going to the afi film festival all weekend oh yeah at the time of this recording we're seeing a lot of like maybe almost too nuanced Mm -hmm. like on the flip side of that like movies with names like the dog and the pheasant yeah like very uh very arty inclined movies that you kind of walk out and you don't even know like how to react yes. and and i think for a lot of audience members that is like frustrating and they feel they're being talked down to or they feel like it's a little too esoteric for them to like engage with i think mm-hmm. for you know patrick and i are maybe in the minority almost where it's like we will kind of like find that a bit exciting yeah it's like oh i, I will uh indulge in this you know we watched uh the new raisuka hamaguchi movie Ooh. uh who did um drive my car a couple years ago which everybody which either you loved or you were a little bit perplexed by um well get ready because his new one which is shorter an hour shorter than drive my car evil Mm -hmm. does evil does not exist is even more so oh yeah a mystery like we walked down like i don't know i loved it but i don't know like it's fun yeah it's, it's fun contemplating about it for sure even like um Killers of the Flower Moon has a little bit of that. There's yeah. like so much like kind of like where you have to really like accept like, oh, this character acts this way and that way. And there's like a duality it, of him. And how do you parse like, that? You know, even in even with the DiCaprio character, there is if you haven't seen it, you like there is this question of like, how aware is he yeah. of what is going on around him? And he could be completely unaware or he could be completely and utterly aware and complicit and just doesn't want to. And he's the worst guy in the movie yeah. because he doesn't want to admit to that. And he wants to have it both ways. That, to me, is kind of why I go to the movies is I want that kind of thing. Yeah. That is the most exciting thing possible. Like, you know, Oppenheimer, the same thing. It's this question of like, OK, so he gets in over his head he lets his ego drive him to this place where he creates the worst thing in the world but then he kind of wants forgiveness for it and does he earn it does he or does he deserve it at all like that's to me like what i want to see in again what i want to see in movies like you know like attention and i wonder it's like you know like movies like this or movies like tears of the sun and he gets mm. there in training day. He totally gets there in training day. Oh, like, because sure. there is this question of like with Ethan Hawke's character, it's like, how far do I go? I want to mm. be a good cop. I don't want to not be a cop. Like, but like I'm, what I'm seeing and from a guy who's respected as a cop, it's like, this is a lot. Like I have to make a choice. Yeah. I have, to, that's I have to cross a line. Yeah. That's really, really in, like, that's what makes that movie like a lasting picture. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I think kind of like with Tears of the Sun, like Tears of the Sun quits halfway through. Or yeah. Any of that. It just there, quits. 
there's like so many moments where it could like reach that and it just yeah. does not yeah because it's like yeah you're dealing with authority stuff you're like yeah, mercenaries like, in africa and... yeah and it's like oh i've had like a realization that i have been bad I, yeah. i've been the baddie what do i do about this? isn't that interesting it is well and it's also and, it's, but then it's, it's like it turns into like a common action movie and like shooter he's too dumb to ask those questions no yeah yeah he's just like a and no i mean i agree with you like yeah he is like a he's like a perfect killing machine and also a bit of a ding dong but isn't that interesting too he's like trying to read the 9-11 report and have his like like life altered like wait what was i doing was i not cool like it's like baddie yeah yeah and i think like i don't know where and obviously we talked about in tears of the sun like he had real issues with Bruce Willis. Yeah, I think that's King the thing. Arthur, is like... He had real issues with the producers, and it's like you have to, I guess, have like the producers and your star. Everyone has to be totally on board mm-hmm. with the complete vision, and then you have to execute it completely and not waver at all mm-hmm. in like seeing it through. And I think that that's like. Very few people reach the point of both power, respect, authority, intelligence, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, to get to it's... that place where you could like do that, like have the complete, yeah, all-encompassing thing. Where like the biggest, like we're talking about Killers of the Flower Moon, like everyone mm-hmm. there is oh. in service of Marty, yeah, and it, is willing. It... To like follow Marty all the way. It's the equivalent of like, you know, Michelangelo with his like coterie of like assistants creating the statue of David or something. Like everyone, yeah, it feels like a um Yeah, it's almost like Hobbesian. Like just like everyone is serving this like one yeah individual's like divine uh fucking vision. And I can't it's very um yeah, to get to that place, I don't know. I mean, I don't I'm know, ex- and I'm sure it would be very easy. It's just like I just want my next job. I just want to keep working. I mm-hmm. don't like to like compromise. Well, that's like ninety percent of cinema, basically. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, one hundred percent it is, and it's like what we're talking about are these like rare gems mm-hmm. that kind of emerge. And I think like it, no one gets into cinema to like say I'm going to be a yes man. Yeah, or like compromise. No. Like, my job is to compromise. <laughs> like, yeah, <you> know, <laughs> I'm, my job is to make my boss happy. Like, no one, yeah, no one does that. But I think that there's. I think we've brought this theme up before. There's also an extraordinary loneliness Ooh. in having that vision and not wavering on it, because you're gonna get kind of yelled at. You're gonna get like, I mean, like we talk about Marty having this power now. It took Marty fifty years. To get to, to get there, hmm. like I mean, there are still stories of him on Gangs of New York installing rearview mirrors on his monitors so he could sense if Harvey Weinstein was coming up behind him to yell at him about moving faster or something. Jesus like that. Christ, like a fucking like horror monster. Yeah, <laughs> you're yeah. like and trying to like, avoid, yeah. And that wasn't that long ago when they made this movie. <laughs> no, I mean like Shutter Island was one for them. It wasn't one for and, him. And I mean, he's even like, and I, I, I think Marty's I love Shutter Island. I think Marty's being yeah. hard on. It. I love Shutter Island too. Same here. And I think yeah, yeah. Shutter Island is deeper than 
it's given credit. I think it's very one of the saddest movies he's ever made. And yeah. like, I think it's a horrifying movie in a good way, in a good way. Yeah. But I think like, you know, he's talked about it. He's like, now I'm that I'm 80. Sure, it feels like I'm kind of a way. I wish I had made like another silence or something in that time period. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, I like I want to try and take care of like big, big things. And Shutter Island kind of feels like a lark comparably. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, Mario, don't sell it short. No, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. It's a gem. It's a gem also, uh, listen to Jack White make a sequel to to Dang uh, Last Passion of. Have you ever seen that interview? Like the where Jack White's talking to. Apparently, he's like a big like Scorsese head. He's in, he was. He's in Killers of Flower Moon. Yeah, exactly. And he yeah. was like, and he wanted he wants Scorsese to make a sequel to Last Temptation of Christ. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's. Um, I mean, that's what he said. He met the Pope, and he immediately began writing a movie about jesus like Ooh. right afterwards so that's on his like on the possible docket it seems like the grateful dead movie is done unfortunately <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah. uh it looks like he's like circling either this jesus movie he, these not these adaptations of this novels by i believe her name is marilyn robinson i haven't read her books but now i want to because mm -hmm. apparently marty and todd field have been working on it together whoa which, dream team Dream Team, baby. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, the, the David, the, the David yeah. Grant adaptation, The Wager. The Wager. Seems like it's going to be the one that comes next. I kind of don't want it. That, that seems like... Um... It seems like the least interesting of the group, but at the same yeah, time... It's going to um, be good. In like, Marty, in Marty, we trust he's our greatest man. What? What's, yeah. You know, like, I mean, he, what he's he's going to be able to get like the best like actors to play. Yeah. Like, so, you know, I did it's hear like... him say that he, he'd be interested in co-directing it with someone because it's um a shipwreck movie so there's a ton of stuff on water and he's like i'm 80 i don't want to like be cold on a boat <laughs> i was like marty heads off to you that's yeah send send a younger person out there yeah to do that. get a uh, get, get paul yeah. trader to help you Gosh, Paul Schrader no. at 77, the young man in the game. Yeah. <laughs> Marty, I'm not going on a boat. <laughs> Ah, it's so cold. <laughs> I'm gonna get emphysema. Like, no, send like Ty West or Ari yeah, Aster to go nah. do it. To, like, you know, nah, send someone older. Send <laughs> Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he can do it. Okay, I'm gonna goddamn boat. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna be the star of this movie. I'm in it too. <laughs> I'm not doing a British Clint, accent. But you can barely move. Like, you're gonna cry. Just like crack. This is now uh, a sequel to the mule. Yeah, I know. the mule, but I'm on a boat. You know, I can't <laughs> believe it. I'm the I'm 98 years old. I'm the captain of a ship. Anyway, okay. I'm 37 in this movie. Yeah, like 37. I got a love interest. Does anyone know uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson's phone number? <laughs> She, I think she'd be into me. I think I have a shot. Yeah, uh, so, oh man, moving the, us. The story of Shooter. Oh Shooter, my god. Okay. Forgot. Yeah. So, Shooter is the story of um, scout sniper veteran Bob Lee Swagger, Ooh. the kind of name that only comes out of um, novels in which there are there's a series about one guy. Yeah, like, 
yeah, it's like you want to. Uh, it's about a you know. A, a, uh, maybe like using a direct uh, character, like a direct person IRL is too is too on the nose. So you have to got to change it up a bit. So uh, Shooter is the Bob Lee Swagger is the creation of one Stephen Hunter, novelist, mm-hmm. essayist, and film critic. He is he worked at the Washington Post for almost two decades. Oh wow! Oh. Oh, pardon me. He were, uh, yeah, as a critic, he actually received the Pulitzer Prize in 20, 2003 for film criticism. Mm, first review um, of Shrek 2. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. Um, <laughs> the revelation. <laughs> it's interesting. Like, I, I would love this job. We've talked about this kind of character in the world. The guy who has like another job that's kind of more of a serious job. Like everyone from... Like, Bill Clinton to Bill O'Reilly to Stephen Hunter have decided to dabble in the side with kind of the mystery thriller novel. Yes. You know, I don't know where, like, even Stephen Seagal, like, a lot of people have written uh, mystery thriller novels. Yeah. I don't know where this, like, inclination comes from. Like, I'm a well-educated person with a huge kind of, like, regular job. But I kind of want to write about like CIA ghouls getting up to no good, and like the this average American guy, like having to like solve this case of the week. Well, I think very often I think it is a um, what if uh, either a what I did as for a living, or b what my interests were were suddenly really cool. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's very like yeah, it's like hmm, studying Lincoln's boring. Figuring out how to kill him though. Yeah, there, we go. there is like I've reached the top of my game in my field that I have done nothing nonstop, almost systematically and psychotically to get mm-hmm. to, and I have discovered that it's um rather empty, perhaps. Yeah, I know it's it inside as... and out, but it doesn't and... uh, sustain me emotionally the or spiritually. Is no longer the juice, and so <laughs> I'm going to need to. I mean, you create a character that Tom Sizemore would have played in the 90s as, like, a supporting role. Yeah, it turns like... out this juice was just vinegar and blood. Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm I'm the ghoul? I'm the ghoul? <laughs> I'm the Dracula? Yeah, I become the Dracula here. So I'm going to create a character who is so infallible, so cool, so, like, reaches all of the points that I have kind of dreamt of. That I thought I was going to be, but actually I'm not. Like, oh, I'm friends with all these cops, but they, it turns out they all suck. I'm going to create Bosch. Mm. Or um, I, the Lincoln lawyer, or Bob Lee Swagger, or Jack Reacher, or mm. any of these. And this is a long-term thing, because this goes back to, like, Dashiell Hammett writing about Pinkerton agents. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, because he himself was a Pinkerton agent and was like, these guys suck. I'm going to write, like, yeah. I'm going to kind of unveil it a little bit. You know, and that's kind a of like the, curtain. the history of crime literature, the history of kind of like, oh, I can't work within the system, so I'm going to be a Jack Reacher or even like going to like the John D. McDonald, Travis McGee books. The guy's not a cop or anything. I'm just going to solve stuff. Because I'm just a guy. I'm just a guy who's like awesome, and I get with the ladies, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like in great shape. The and, Awesome Guy series. Yeah, the, the, these are all like airport books of awesome guys, and we've kind of talked mm-hmm. about this even with movies, like the success of like the American Snipers or even the Bourne movies is all. And Jason Bourne's another one, by the way. 
same kind of oh, character. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, dads get these books at airports, and they're like sick and tired of being like used car dealers, mm-hmm. and they read about these awesome guys. They're tired yeah. of being Jack Lemon and Glary, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. They want to, yeah, they're they not, be, uh... they want to be Jason Bourne. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, and Tudor is like, that's why it's like dad lit, dad um, cinema. And well, that, that's fascinating because, like, yeah, that means that, like, Swagger's like, that's the goal. Like, which is going to be interesting as we explain this movie why that's fascinating. Yeah, and there's been like over a dozen swagger or swagger related books by Stephen Hunter. The Swaggerverse. The Swaggerverse, if you will. And it's very um Yeah, it's interesting and this is another one too where they probably were like we're going to have a series. We're going to do yeah. multiple. Oh, totally. Bobby Swagger movies. So in this one, Bobby Swagger, we meet him on the front lines in back in Ethiopia, back in Africa. Yeah, um, leave leave Ethiopia. Yeah. Let's get it, leave Ethiopia. They are doing some sniping. <laughs> just classic, just classic just sniping. Two and two guys being dudes. He's with his buddy, who is played by Donnie. His name is Donnie Fenn. Mm. And um, boy, smell a red shirt when you see it, can't you? Oh, for sure. Yeah, this is he shows a... a picture a picture of his girlfriend or his <laughs> wife back home. You're like. Mm. That that's the uh, equivalent to uh, uh, hearing a, a sickly wife cough. Yeah, just like yeah, like you're toast. <laughs> as as or the guy, or the guy in the zombie movie who's like pulling down his sleeve as they're explaining, like, oh, I think this is what zombies do. He pulls mm. down his sleeve. It's like, oh, you got bit earlier, and you want to tell anybody, <laughs> like, <you know>. <laughs> the, <laughs> and the you're first... gonna be a big problem in about a half an hour. <laughs> the first guy who screams when he sees a, a dinosaur. Yeah, it's like uh, when the six people enter a haunted house, the one actor you're unfamiliar <laughs> with goes, I'm going to go down this corridor. I'm like, yeah, you're going to die first. <laughs> yeah, you're going to die. Yeah, you're, you're, you're yeah, not you're even built. You're yeah, not even. Yeah. 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 It's like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know who the guy who plays Donnie Fenn. You're standing next to Mark Wahlberg, the titular <laughs> shooter. So I think. Yeah. Bye bye. Bye bye. We get a big, like, very, like, trademark Antoine Fuqua sequence where all hell breaks loose. Oh, yeah. Good, that good, is good. both both exciting and not exciting. Simultaneously. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, it's very so, well-crafted and put together and everything like that. But you're like, hmm. Uh, Donnie, his friend, gets um, annihilated. Like, <laughs> big, like, boom. Like, his entire he, gut's blown out. Yeah. That, I like that. His, okay, that's one thing... Fuqua deserves credit for. Squibs are always on point. They're always... It, yeah, it's, it's it's bloody. Shooter makes it through. Bobbly. Yeah. Um, But simultaneously, this was like a very like... Setting the tone for this movie touch. The CIA officer who's like running the joint, this operation, is like, call it, just leave him behind. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Like, it's fine. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. And you're like, ooh... It's like the guy in um, thirteen hours. The guy from Billions saying like, "Yeah, let's just get out of here." Yeah, let's it's leave, David Costabile. Yeah, let's leave the secret soldiers behind. <laughs> yeah, they'll think they'll make it out of Benghazi uh, one office, way or another. Office Jim can find his way out of this this jam. <laughs> like, <you know. laughs> and I was like, "Boy, this yeah, this is a very post 9 thing because like every movie before this, it's like never leave anyone behind." 
mm-hmm. stick with your brothers. Yeah, kind of it's war for, movies. It's and profoundly sort of, cynical. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, ooh, okay, maybe we're watching a different kind of movie. Which we, which we lost that cynicism because Obama got elected. You're right, and suddenly, and, and yeah, and his like the ether of his ethos, ether of his ethos. Yeah, the ether has, of has consistently has remained in like the Marvel movies. Yeah, he pulled because yeah. he provided a a classiness to the to the entire thing, and he yeah the war, yeah. he himself is a creator with a Netflix deal now. So it's God. like yeah, yeah. Like, ah, I'm Bobby Lee Swagger. Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> I'm changing. Yeah, let's move to our cabin. His well-stocked, his beautiful cabin. Yeah, all like, the dinty more you can eat. I was like, how did he afford like? This great setup. It is bespoke. Yeah. So he gets out. He blows. He shoots a helicopter out of the sky and gets out. He's John Um, Wick. This guy is like insane. He's Jason Bourne. He's John Wick. Cut to title card. 36 months later. It's a long time. We're at. He's living in the Wind River Range. So he lives near Jeremy Renner. Mm hmm. Oh I wow! Yeah, I yeah. noticed that too. Yeah. Which, oh, they would hate the, great friends. They would also another new dead cinema. Wind River. Huge, huge, yeah, huge. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor Sheridan, a a pillar of of dead cinema. Oh, uh, pretty much everything he's ever touched goes yeah. right into new dead cinema. So uh, he's living in the Wind River Range in his well stocked cabin yep. with his dog. And his ponytail. And his, he's got a ponytail now. The worst. Wahlberg <laughs> is um, the type of guy who would probably pick on um, people in high school with homophobic slurs. Called yes. <laughs> who had long hair. <laughs> like, <laughs> he definitely shoved someone into a locker uh, while... Um, Kryptonite was playing in his head. Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> like and, and he thought he was Superman in this scenario. Yeah, he was like yeah, and yet he has long hair now, which I yeah. don't, I don't even believe. He's still shooting it up though. He's firing. He's practicing on Dinty Moore beef stew cans. <laughs> Apparently, the most uh, volatile substance on the planet, Dinty Moore, boom, it yeah. explodes. It's like mixing Wonderful. pop rocks with soda. It's boom. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> bullets with creamed beef or whatever the yeah. fuck. Uh, he, he's got this dog, incredibly well trained. Hates, uh, smells bad guys a mile away. Brings in brew dogs. I mean, uh, coolest dog we've ever seen in a movie. Uh, probably. A great dog. He's dog. got a, he's got a desk. The funniest. What is, I like? You laugh out loud. Funny, like uh, unintentional joke. I can imagine he's got his desk set up with his laptop and right next to his laptop is a brand spanking new published copy of the 9-11 commission report. Pressed like, off the presses. Just like. <laughs> you can imagine the conversation on set with the set designer and Antoine Foucault and Mark Wahlberg. Oh, this will be perfect. Just put it right here. And he was like reading it at one point. He's like reading it like it's a, like it's a Bobby Swagger novel. Yeah, hmm, interesting, interesting. Yeah, reading just like a fucking report. Couldn't help but think about the guy in the cabin in uh, Evil Does Not Exist as well. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if he has a uh, copy, copy of the 9-11 commission report as well. Anyway, um, there's a knock at his door, and it's um, U.S. Army Colonel Isaac Johnson, played by the great Danny Glover. Ooh. And a bit of... um. 
clearly a bit of a swerve casting because like mm -hmm. Danny Glover is one of those guys it's like even though he has played his fair share of villains mm -hmm. um <laughs> like he's got a trustworthiness he has a warm grandpa energy to him yeah he's got a warm grandpa energy Someone who does not, though, is his number two guy, Jack Payne, played by Elias Coteus, who shows up immediately. Like, no, he's bad. Yeah, like, he's yeah. the type of, and kudos to Coteus. Uh, like, I like a lot. I'm a big fan of him. And we'll oh, see no. Him again, actually, a couple times in future episodes. But... but, like, yeah, he plays it, like, he does a good job. Like, you know you hate a character when you see him get... <laughs> Spoiler alert! You see him get his arm flicking blown off, blown and you're like, off. Ah, like that part that's rules. later on in the movie. But yeah, in a great scene in the snow. But anyway, um, the dog hates him mm -hmm. from the jump, and so yeah. they are like, "We've got intel. Mm. They're gonna kill the president." Wow! Wow! Just watched oh, no. in the line of fire with Clint Eastwood too. So I've got it, got it on the mind. <laughs> Presidential assassinations. Um, but he um, and they're like, they're going to kill him. Mm -hmm. And we need your help because we only know it's going to be during this public speaking event on these tour stops. And as like the greatest sniper man in the history of sniper men. Mm -hmm. We think you might be able to help us, like, get an idea of what the plan might be and, like, the best angle, the best day, the weather, all these kind of, like, sniper sniper specifics, if you will. Yeah, you're a Rambo. We need to use – what if we used a Rambo for good? And he appeals to Bob's – Bob is very bitter about how mm -hmm. he got left behind in Ethiopia by the CIA. <laughs> yeah. but understandable. Understand yeah. We get it as an audience. Like I DPO'd. <laughs> And we heard that the CIA station chief has been disappeared since then. It's like, oh, he, he straight up killed that guy. Like, yeah, wowie zowie. That's wowie not good. Zowie. Um, so <laughs> he appeals though to Bob's inherent patriotism because this is the battle in this movie. Is like the cynicism of the entire current modern U.S. military and government system versus mm -hmm. America. Hell yeah, like. Mm. And Bob's uh, conflicting feelings. We'll put that it is, like that, which is kind of interesting. It is interesting. That is like, yeah, that is a profound dichotomy. It's such a fascinating dichotomy because this is, yeah, this is a dude loves America, clearly can't deal with like, you know, the the dream being hollow. But he has witnessed firsthand yeah. the grim nature of post 9-11 warfare <laughs> like, yeah he he survived a war crime essentially <laughs> survived witnessed and participated in yeah perpetrated it <laughs> yeah i perpetrated it <laughs> um so he's like well shoot i guess mm -hmm. uh shoot her i guess <laughs> Yeah, what a... there's this great part where he like he's like, "Well, you got look at this car." And he wants to check out their semi tr their um SUV and he's like, "Can I get a look at the engine?" He opens oh, it up. God, oh, I got to yeah. take a picture of this. And Elias immediately like marks him. He's like, "Yeah, he's like checking our plates." He's like, "Get it. He's like he was doing intel. He was he did not care about this car at all." Which shows like I liked it because it's like shows how good he is, but it also shows how good his um these like, other guys are yeah like they're all like weird uh 
they're operators. He, they're yeah, all they're all operators. operators. Yes, hundred yeah. percent. The, the highest level. So, cut to he travels around. He checks it out. He does a lot of shooter intel. Mm-hmm. Discovers, guys, the best place for this shooting <laughs> to occur is Philadelphia. It's this thing <laughs> with the really? Ethiopian Archbishop. Desmond, Desmond, Desmond Mutombo. Mutombo. Get out of here. <laughs> That's rude. Get out of here. Desmond Mutombo. <laughs> We're two famous guys from Africa. Let's just... <laughs> Nelson Elijahwan. I mean, it's like a basketball player and a politician. <laughs> We're not laughing at this because it's... Like Manute Gaddafi. This is ridiculous. Like, yeah, it's so stupid. And it's just like the level of like whatever. Just Matumbo, who gives a shit? Fuck you. He loves this movie. It's very funny. So it's, it's it incredibly is, yeah. funny. It's dark, but it's funny. Mm, it's so funny. they're there. They're watching over. Shooters there. Danny Gover's there. All the people yeah. we've met thus far mm. are all there. The dramatis persona uh, lies above uh, in front of us. That's where the shot's gonna be. Ooh. Holy shit! But the one person we also meet who is a new guy there is this guy, Philadelphia police officer, off uh, Stanley Timmons, played Damn by it. Alan C. Peterson, who may have been a uh, allegedly an actual sausage fingered cop. <laughs> wow! So he's like the sweatiest big boy. Like this, it is just a. This is like a, a. This is a comic parody of a police officer. Yeah. So right as the shot rings out at the president and the archbishop, the Ethiopian archbishop, holy crap! Officer Timmons takes a couple pot shots at the shooter, <laughs> Bob Lee. Bob Lee gets shot twice, but he like throws himself out the window. It's great. It looks good because it's all pretty it, practical. Like it, it looks rules. great. That the poor stunt guy taking these drops. You know, yeah. God bless him. Also, uh, insane that like, like, it's just cool that Mark Wahlberg's character takes like two bullets and then falls out of a window and, and like falls on like, yeah. He's fine. He's chilling. He's relatively fine, all things yeah. considered. He like stumbles out of there. We cut back. Oh my god! It's a setup. It's no. a setup. Someone shot the the archbishop. The archbishop's been shot. Not the president. No. Um, why? Who knows? Does Danny Glover know? Does Elias know? Oh my god! It's a conspiracy. <laughs> my god. And the bottom line is. Mark's on the run. He's struggling down the streets of Philadelphia. It's a chase. Mm-hmm. They're all after him. And yeah. basically, it's very clear. It's like, he's a patsy, baby, and he is going to be ac- accused of, yep. doing this, of doing the sniping, and he's going to be killed by heroic big boy police officer. Sir Timmons is just <laughs> I having a fun time trying to chase this fellow. So as Mark is like looking for an escape route, he bumps into the wonderfully named FBI Special Agent Nick Memphis. Nick Memphis. Insane name. Played by uh, wonderful character actor Michael Pena, who is last, I think, saw in The Martian. I, I gotta say, I ran lo- into him. I like him. He's he's. I, lo- I love him in this. There's a doofiness to him. 
There is a, so, he is like, this is like a very young Michael Pena, or at yeah, least comparatively young, and he has and he, like a, a greenness to him. Yeah, that's the idea, I think, because he's an FBI special agent. He is immediately, like, bodied. dropped, bodied by Bob <laughs> He is fucking, he like, is fucking tanked by Mark Wahlberg, by Swagger. By, by perhaps a mortally wounded Swagger. <laughs> like, not a problem. <laughs> Michael Pena, no issue. No yeah. issue whatsoever for he him. He is like he is like uh, flipped as if he weighs three yeah. pounds. He wet. Chained, he gets handcuffed to the wall. He gets his gun taken. He gets his car taken. It's a conspiracy, Officer Timmons. <laughs> he gets in his gets in his car, drives away, and he's like, "Whoa, that was crazy." <laughs> this car this chase, sucks. Car chase ensues. All of this though is fun and great and exciting and it's real yeah. and it's on the streets of Philadelphia. Streets of Philadelphia. That was from my Bruce Springsteen. Mm, mm, <laughs> yes. From uh, Philadelphia. Um, <laughs> the titular Philadelphia. Yeah, the other Philadelphia movie. He's tra- yeah, the other film film in Philadelphia. <laughs> but he um somehow gets away. He's yeah. hurt. He is hurt as hell. You like rips. it's all over. So like it's getting crazy because like we the conspirators are like, damn, we can't. We have to find him. We have to kill him. Yeah, that is a loose end that needs to be tied. Meanwhile, the FBI is like rightfully like a little embarrassed about how poorly <laughs> Michael <laughs> Payne handled any of that. <laughs> suck, dude. He's a bit of a laughing stock. Yep. Uh, and it doesn't help that it looks like he's wearing a suit that's like a size too big for him. I like, know. He's like, he so looks good. like. It's very Nathan Fielder. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the episode where he's like got the big suit. And we got this big like manhunt is on for the guy who tried to kill the president. So Mm -hmm. um, Swagger is like, guys, what am I going to do? I've heard hella bad. (laughs) Stewie, help me. So what he does is he drives to Kentucky. (laughs) So far. So far, but he's great at it. He changes clothes. He does like weird uh, disguises. Oh, All yeah. the while, like legitimately, like bleeding out. Yeah, like he's dying, and like dying. well, he gets like he gets like a, at one point he like Jerry, uh, he like puts together like a he MacGyver's an IV, which I kind of thought was pretty was pretty fun. I've never All seen that it, in a movie before. All of it's terrific. It's actually yeah. great. Uh, he gets to Kentucky to find his old pal. Donnie Fenn's widow, Sarah, played by Kate Mara, um, who we saw briefly in a photograph, who um, <laughs> yeah, arrives towards like, you got to help me. I knew Donnie. I said you flowers every year. <laughs> She's like, OK, I'll put away the shotgun. I'll help you. Look at you. you yeah, it starts at 100. Like, yeah, you're, she pulls out a shotgun. You're a wonderful man. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm your I, girlfriend now. I yeah, I guess we're boyfriend and girlfriend now. So yeah. he like teaches her, like gives her a shopping list, teaches her how to do surgery. Yeah. <laughs> to, <laughs> so give him to get him nurse him back to complete and full health. Mm. Complete and full. He's ready to rock and roll. So was He's one back. of the thing was one yeah was one of the things on that shopping list was one of the um, ingredients that she needed to purchase was a, a blonde wig. Oh yeah, so yeah, and they get to do some wig work. <laughs> wig work. I didn't know this thing existed. The um, the the like the powder he pours on himself oh, to cauterize, yeah. like like to cauterize the wound. 
The magic dirt. <laughs> the magic dirt that looks like it's like it burns, but at the same time it like stops him from bleeding for a spell. I didn't even know that existed. That's I, cool. I, I, I want to get that, some of that magic that, dirt. That, yeah, that's cool. Um, <laughs> Seems great. So um, everyone's after mm-hmm. this. Jo- so Swagger's back to health. He's going to figure it out. Yeah. Michael Pena has taken it upon himself in a very like Michael Pena is our greatest like conspiracy theorist. Yeah. This. He is ready to go down the rabbit hole of like, I don't know how he was recruited to be an FBI agent. I don't know what his qualifications to be an FBI agent are. He doesn't see he seems skeptical of the FBI from his first day at the office. He probably yeah. should not be working for the FBI. Was he vetted by but you have to get like government clearances to be an FBI agent, especially stationed at the like sniper site. Yes. Especially when like this is a guy who clearly goes on like AOL like and like chats with people with names like Professor Gun Kisser seventy seven or whatever. He's the least qualified man we've ever met to be in a law enforcement in the history of our show. We've met a lot of law enforcement lunatics Yeah, on this show. He might be the the worst. He is just a flop. He's like a flop sweat made incarnate. Yet he's our best. He's Swagger's best option to yeah, get to the heart of this conspiracy. Um, so basically they're traveling all around. And we also we I should men- mention when he got hired for the job, uh, there was another guy there in D.C. Mm. This, of oh. course, is oh, yes. this character. <laughs> Mikhail Zerbiak or Michael Sander, played by a great character actor, Raid Serbedezia, uh, who is in a wheelchair, mm. is immediately like. You look like an Eastern European. And it might be just because this actor has played yeah. many a Eastern European terrorist in his career. <laughs> he's he's up there with like Oleg Krupa as like the go-to like baddie, like Eastern European baddie in all of American cinema. <laughs> yeah, and so like, yeah, he's up to something. So we find out what we learn basically is as they go around trying to figure out who so the big question is who could have taken the shot if the shooter didn't take it <laughs> um because he's got there can't be more than five guys who are this good at shooting <laughs> like so but they also got to be a patsy we get introduced though we the uh swagger and sarah traveled to tennessee to oh. find out to find a firearms expert who might have the answer to who this this other shooter could be and they meet mr rate played by of all people the drummer from the band levon helm one of the great <sighs> musicians of his era <laughs> oh the draw is there folks like he, he brings the levon this is what makes this movie a cut above is ingenious casting like this you mm-hmm. wouldn't expect it like i think you'd be like i wonder if sam shepherd wasn't available like mm-hmm. Or like Tommy Lee Jones for one day on set. Oh yeah, you know, I will talk a little bit about Tommy Lee Jones in a bit here because he does actually have something to do with this movie. But mm. we'll get to that actually because we're going a little back ass right here. We're doing plot before production. We're gonna go back to we're gonna go back in time to production after we get through the plot of this movie. Um, but the plot is too much fun. Yeah, in this movie, not to like it's dig a tasty it. treat. He plays it up, man. He's like, you want an entire movie about Mr. Wright? And what his deal is. 
at the Rake Chronicle. Because it's yeah. like, it, like he, it seems like he has a past for sure. So Rate reduces that the only other guy who could possibly have done this is a Serbian sniper named Zerbiak. Holy shit. He, and Swagger concludes, I unwittingly did all the recon to help this guy take the shot. And I, the and I know who it is. It's that guy, that weird guy in the room. The, the evil wheelchairman. Oh, wait a second. Oh, they also discover you could do it on a remote if you know the numbers and kind of know the place. So the wheelchair, the guy using the wheelchair, didn't ask. I even need to be in the room. No. To do it. He could just like put in the coordinates to do it. So he does it. They travel to Virginia to confront him. Mm hmm. Meanwhile, simultaneously, he's dropped Sarah back off at her house mm -hmm. to do so. And they've deduced, oh, he sent flowers to this one person once a year. It's his only contact to the outside world. Let's find her. I bet he knows. I bet she knows where they are. So Elias Cateus takes her hostage. Ooh, he's hostage. like evil. Yeah. He's evil. We know it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. We don't know bad. what he like. He immediately becomes like a. A demon, like a demon, like a saw level demon, like or like he is... he's capable of like because he's in Shutter Island. He's one of the baddies. He's one of the scary guys in Shutter Island. Back to yeah. that, <laughs> like well, and also like I feel like the saw influence, like the torture porn influence on this film, you can feel it. And before yeah. we move forward, we gotta talk about how. Uh, so at this point in the movie, uh. Swagger has uh, saved and uh, has taken Memphis under his wing. Yes. And how did we? How do we find Memphis? How does the insane? How does he do it? I uh, I, I don't remember. I honestly no, don't. like no worry because like so basically like um he saves Memphis, but what happens is like at a certain point oh you're Memphis, right in Memphis's they, research. They... He gets caught by the baddies. Yes. And they take him and they start torturing him. You're right. I totally forgot. I totally. It, how could I forget that? Oh, man. And they had him in some sort of device. Yes. To like, yeah, it was like a saw device that he was going to like it, make it look like he hung himself. No, it makes him look like he shot himself. Oh, shot himself. Yeah, you're right. And yes. it's like, yeah, his arm is in this like <laughs> cast thing. It's with the gun connected to his head. Oh, my God. How could I? Have, oh, I just like. I must have been snoozing or something. I don't know. Like it's it's like it, it doesn't. It's just it, that's like what makes this movie a cut above like the and, insane. Swagger shows up and headshots like all the guys there, and like their heads yeah. explode like cantaloupes he's or dinty more dinty more cans. Yeah, he's basically uh, a scanner. He has like <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I'm gonna do this a scan away. Uh, I'm gonna suck <laughs> out your brains. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> so um. He saves him. He takes him under his wing and teaches him. He's like, yo, you can't trust anybody. And yo, you got to be good at sniping. <laughs> yo, yo, you got to be good at sniping, dude. After <laughs> he's murdered like, so, so they many go on, people. They, they go, and he teaches him because so, they are going to go to Zerbiak's ranch in Virginia yes. and infiltrate mm. it. They do so. He's got all sorts of guys there. It turns into a big action sequence. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's kind of it's another like, yeah, he's basically just like John Wick. He's John Wick. Yeah. He rolls. And Zerbiak confesses he was acting on Danny Glover's orders that he did the assassin. It's basically he's like, I'm the baddie. I'm the baddie. But the big baddie, well, not the big baddie. We haven't quite learned that yet. The big baddie, though, Ooh. 
who we'll get to in just a moment. Johnson is working for a U.S. senator who has a name. He does have a character name. His Tim- uh, Tim- Timothy Hamilton. His character name is Senator Charles Meacham. Ooh. His name might as well be Vice President Dick Cheney, though. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, based on what they're presenting. <laughs> no, he's like, yeah, the world's most cynical man. And he is played by the god, the great the Ned Beatty. Yeah, so I think maybe good. Ned's like last like really juicy role he got in mm-hmm. his career. But he's wonderful in it as this like just like U.S. government sicko. Mustache twirling, full on and like, I'm doing this for money and nothing else. Full, fully implied that this is all for oil. Yeah. Like... There's no like, yeah, there's no, I love how brazen they are about like, yeah, there's yeah. no higher meaning. There's no there's, like, no, big we're conspiracy. Doing money and oil. Yeah. And so Zerbiak uh, commits suicide. And Swagger's like, Swagger has, re- I've recorded it. <laughs> they escape, the pair escape, tip off, and tip off the FBI and arrange mm. a meeting. With Senator Meacham and Johnson. Oh yeah. They it's also cr- have learned that they it's have even... they have Kate Mara, Sarah. The baddies have her. Mm. And they're gonna do the classic movie. We're gonna do a trade. Yep. The the um recording for the girl. Let's let's meet at the tallest mountain. So yes. Do <laughs> they meet somewhere um do they meet at like a Starbucks around the corner to do this? Yeah. Yeah. Do they meet at uh, you know the the coffee bean and tea yeah. lead? Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, there's a Jack in the Box nearby. Let's go there. Like, yeah, what about this uh, tall mountain no, in the middle of nowhere? Let's go to Montana for these like snow capped mountain. Like crazy. It looks though. Absolutely tremendous. It, it actually neat. reminds me of like a meeting that they do in another Mark Wahlberg gem from this era, Four Brothers. If you ever saw that one, Four Brothers. What a yeah. what a film. Bravo. <laughs> but, uh, Bravo those, those four brothers. Oh man, I think <laughs> Mark Wahlberg is one of the greatest character moves. He just carries around a gas can this entire movie, just to, like I'm going to pour gas on you and light you on fire. Like that's his threat, and it's like he's scary as shit. Like, yeah, like, he yeah, he like, he is like an evil person in that movie. Like it's, it's funny because so he's... intimidating, and it's like it is such a nasty, mean spirited movie. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's worthwhile. It's, it's a, a good. Worthwhile it's a it's a, it's a it's a it's a stupid movie, but it's a fun. A it's great so funny. B movie. Great grim B yeah, movie though. At a at the uh, when I visited when I went to the Academy Award Museum. They, you know, they have rooms where, like, like, I think they were doing this thing where they were, like, focusing on casting or whatever. And for some reason, half of the clips, they had, like, this big TV with clips on, like, cat with casting directors. And half of the clips were from the casting director of Four Brothers. It was so, yeah. it was like, ah. Oh, I put the four, the titular Four Brothers together. We had to find these Four Brothers. But we get this great secret. They're there. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, the bodyguards get popped. You're mm-hmm. like, uh-oh. Yep, Zoics. <laughs> Zoics. And then um Elias Cotes is like, I gotta, I gotta you know, he's like goes full crazy guy. Yeah, he, he snaps. He's just he becomes he the Joker. Yeah. Really taking it upon himself. Like and you like are like 
this guy is like getting off on this. Like having this totally. girl and beating up this girl and all this kind of thing. A yeah. true baddie. Yep. <laughs> he gets his arm like completely like exploded off. Well, first he gets his well, it's the show oh, how he's um, got the, the shotgun and show how good of it. You're right. He's he's got the shotgun to Kate Mara's head. And show how good of a shot he is. Bobby like shoots him in the hand and blows his fucking hand off. He's like, like oh wow, you're a good. Sh- you did it. He's like too yeah, impressed. Fuck. Fuck you! You did it. So what? So what? He gets his arm blown off. He's like absolutely like on the ground. Like <laughs> he's just screaming. He's like, ah, this, this sucks. <laughs> and Kate Mara gets a gun and just like, yeah, I'm take. And she just takes him out. And, like yeah. Destroys. So we get we get Meacham and we get Johnson and they're like, the hell with you, Swagger. You know, with the the. And he, oh, and he destroys the proof of the FBI, the recording, for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like, and Kate Mara's like, that was the proof. And Michael Payne yeah, is what? like, that was the proof. What the fuck are you doing, what? Bob? Sw- swagger, what are you? That's a McGruber move. What are you yeah, doing? Yeah, but the FBI, who got word from Michael Payne, shows up. It's all broken up. Payne, uh, so I didn't really, like, totally understand the mechanics no, of this sequence, but Swagger gets an audience with the U.S. Attorney General. Like, the U.S. Attorney General is like, "You're an awesome guy. I can tell it. You're totally awesome." I guess, I yeah, you any, I can't do anything about Danny Glover, and Danny Glover gets so mustache twirly in this final meeting. He's like, "I'm gonna get away with it. I always get away with it. I'm a baddie." Like, <laughs> straight up, just saying, surprised he's not having just having an evil goatee in a top hat. He's doing it in front of everyone. I'm gonna keep doing war crimes. <laughs> and the FBI guy is like, "Well, he can keep doing war crimes. It's not our Jewish it. I mean, and Bob, like. I think the best thing to do in this situation is just to put you back out on the streets. <laughs> I don't know how. We know you didn't do it, so we can't hold you. Um, and you seem like a normal guy. A normal guy that owns, like, military-grade sniper rifles <laughs> and uh, was... Uh, oh, you know what, Michael? Yeah, we're gonna, like, let him sneak a bullet. I know. And keep you... And keep you, um... Yeah, it's like, and you 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 maintain your snipe like military grade sniper rifles like completely perfectly pristine, just in case. You never know. You might you need never them. Know. You never you know. Hey, hey, it's, it's a First Amendment. I can keep these things. Ginty <laughs> boy ain't gonna open itself. Yeah, yeah, I gotta open up my kids of chili. Um, yeah, and he does a he does a um demonstration, a crazy demonstration to prove the how he couldn't have. Couldn't have, you know? Could have been his gun because I keep my guns so good. Yeah, like, I'm, you know, I'm too. I'm too good of a troop. I'm too. I'm like the best troop, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So he gets out of jail. Mm-hmm. But Danny and Ned Beatty have gotten away. <laughs> and do you think Bobby Swagger can live with that? <laughs> so cut to uh, Senator Meacham's amazing lakeside mm. cabin. Another bespoke cabin. A wonderful cabin. Mm-hmm. Uh, cigars and whiskey all around for the yeah. boys. We <laughs> did just, it again. Another <laughs> crime committed by evil. Uh, crime committed by us. We're doing great. We're going uh, to man. Ecuador now. <laughs> yeah, we're going to cause another war crime. <laughs> but then Danny Glover shot in the neck. He, oh, Toast. no. Toast. Nope. Yep. The, the, Guess the who's snip. here? Ooh. It's It's Swagger. Bobby Lee he takes out everybody. 
yep. uh, absolutely everybody. Everyone, the, the sniveling assistant who's like, no, not me. I don't, I I'm not the I baddie. Do I don't do anything. I'm not, I'm the good guy. I, I just abet these war crimes. I don't yeah. cause them. I, I just let the, them I, happen. I just, I just do the paperwork. Cool. <laughs> I'm a lanyard guy. Yeah, he's dead. And then uh, yep. Ned Beatty's like, you can't do it, man. I'm a sitting senator. He's like, oh, yeah? Basically. Doy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can. Blows off Ned Beatty's head. Like, <laughs> explodes like a watermelon. Explodes like a watermelon. Ruptures the gas line. Swagger gets to do the ultimate move. Walk away from explosion without looking at it. Very slowly. Very slow motion. Strutting yep. his way out of there. Blows up yeah. that great cabin. Hops in the car. Guess who's in the car? It's my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Sarah, Kate, Kate Mara's in the car. They drive off and that's it for yep. more more Bobbly Swagger adventures to come. Or were it, there? It, well, there were. Like... Because this became a TV series with Ryan Phillippe playing the role of Bobbly Swagger. Ryan Phillippe, of course, much known from the film White Squall. Yeah, uh, <laughs> aka McGruber's sidekick, Nick the Nick Memphis. Yeah, Nick Memphis. McGruber's swagger. Who, who's you gotta give him hat, t- hat, tip of the head to Ryan Philby for being so funny as the straight man <laughs> in the McGruber series and film. <laughs> like, God, the... you really need him to react appropriately to McGruber to get those he jokes down. He an actor is kind of like uh, vanilla as Ryan Philby to yeah, like make to that really that pop. So. These were big hits, these novels, originally. Mm. Big airport lit. Mm. Um, and Stephen Hunter apparently hated the entire experience of working with in Hollywood. They went through seven screenwriters over 12 years at both Universal and Paramount to try and to develop this. Shouldn't be this hard. We saw the no. movie. It's not it's, this hard. Yeah, not this isn't hard. like a rocket science film. This yeah. is a, a fun action movie. So in the year 2000, William Friedkin, Agreed to direct oh, the film man. with Tommy Lee Jones as Bob Lee Swagger. What? We missed we missed out on Tommy Lee Jones with a ponytail? Didn't necessarily. Because they were unable to complete a script. Friedkin and Jones, because they're two, of the, two boys, peas in a pod as men. <laughs> because two of the crank, two cranky men oh, who cranks. can't abide by wasting time or... Anything of that nature. Yeah. Decided instead to take a bunch of the ideas they had developed for the Bob Lee Swagger movie and put them into 2003's The Hunted with Ooh. the one they ended up making with Benicio Del Toro, which, folks, rules. Like, it's Ooh. a great movie. And if you like Shooter, you will love The Hunted. <laughs> like, <laughs> so he and he was actually wanted to, like, even do, um, they were talking about taking the idea for Shooter and turning it into a sequel to The Hunted because the Shooter hadn't come out yet. Mm. And just kind of connecting it all and making it the all hun- one the, big thing. The Hunted verse. The Hunted verse, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, meanwhile, uh, screenwriter Jonathan Lemkin read the book. And Jonathan Lemkin wrote um, The Devil's Advocate. Ooh. A little bit all right. Of, I see a little bit of that in there. Connection there. Yeah, and, the, um, the mustache twirling is more clear. All of a sudden. He updated the story, getting it out of because originally, apparently, the book is post Vietnam and um, updated to post 9 11 um, and restructured it, page one rewrite, did the entire thing. And this is what attracted both um, Wahlberg and Fuqua. And it kind of um, 
got all the way there. And it was kind of unusual because, like we said, it went through <laughs> seven writers and all of this stuff. Development hell. It, generally speaking, it's surprising Jonathan Lumpkin got the only screenwriting credit for this movie, Ooh. but he did. So tip of the head to you for yeah. scoring. Uh, most of the film was shot throughout Canada. You can, yeah, did, you can. Yeah, you do feel that. The yeah. um, they did do, of course, had to some on location stuff in Philadelphia. Oh, we should note it. Uh, there's this great part where he in the car chase in Philadelphia, where he drives the car into the water, and that's how he disappears. And we get this amazing shot of Mark Wahlberg hanging off the side of a tugboat. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like looking so badass like i got out he this is like a movie where mark Wahlberg never with the exception of the ponytail he never like he looks like the perfect man every time like he's he, like, like if we enjoyed his performance in like pain and gain playing kind of a, a dummy this yeah. one is the opposite where he gets to really let his ego fly and be like awesome guy yeah this is his this is his Jason Bourne. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh final scene at the Ned Beatty's cabin was in Mammoth Lakes, California, and Ooh. apparently uh the mountaintop confrontation was in the glaciers of Rainbow Mountain, which is near Whistler in Canada. Very cool. Um Mark Wahlberg did a ton of sniper training. You can tell. You can, yeah, he was very yeah, into he, it. <laughs> like, yeah, he didn't. He, he liked this Bobby Lee Swagger guy. Yeah, he was really into it. <laughs> um, <laughs> interesting fun fact, uh, Mark Wahlberg is left-handed, and um, due to the injuries that he sustains throughout the movie, mm-hmm. the character, uh, the sniper who trained him Shot t- shot him to shoot both left-handed and right-handed, so Ooh. he could switch arms because he gets shot in one of the shoulders in the movie. That's they cool. really worked hard to get the- to get this right. I mean, that's like I feel like that like Antoine Fuqua in his own way. I feel like he does like at least on like some some of the technical stuff. There is like an attention to detail. A lot of these guys like they we talked about it with these action movies. They get really really into like being fake troops and kind yeah, of yeah the toys the toys and the gear and like all that stuff and this cl- this movie has all the impact you know kind of shows that yeah. um movies produced uh, by Lorenzo Di Bonaventura who um <laughs> does the uh, Transformers <laughs> films <laughs> like that yeah, he like... can he can feel it a little bit and there's a little bit of that done, in there. um work with Fuqua worked with Mark Wahlberg certainly as well uh Bruce's four brothers too. <laughs> wow! But has done like did some Pete Berg stuff. Like kind of lives within that, yeah, that realm too. Uh, but deeply, highly successful producer. Uh, the film was cinematography by was uh, Peter Menzies Jr., who mm. shot stuff like Die Hard with a Vengeance, uh, Tomb Raider, Incredible Hulk. Looks like they've worked a bit with um, Louis Letter. Oh yeah, Leterrier uh, or whatever. Yeah, good Leterrier, thank you. Um, yeah, a lot of like kind of like he's like a solid. Action, he's like yeah, action kind of stuff. He's uh, like the third guy you call. <laughs> yeah, but good. Uh, yeah, good. good. Not a not a bad thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, edited by Conrad Buff and Eric Sears. Conrad Buff has done mm. a great deal of Antoine, all of Antoine, most of Antoine Fuqua's stuff. Edited in uh, the Buff. Edited it been edits naked. 
I literally yeah. <laughs> said no <laughs> nude. <doesn't>. We don't <laughs> know. Uh, music was by Mark Mancina, who uh, you know um, we've talked about before. Kinda, yeah, kind of kinda comes out to, uh, comes out of that Hans Zimmer school. Yeah, very Bay 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 score. Um, my favorite my favorite score is Speed Score. It's a classic score. Uh, did Con Air? Um, yeah, Ooh. great stuff. Yeah, you know, you know it. You love it. You know it. And love yeah. it. I mean, come on, that's <laughs> fine. Uh, did Cry Macho? Wow. So, Shooter, as previously mentioned, was released March twenty third of two thousand seven. Not a summer movie. Not a fall movie. Kind of comes on that or that dead zone in which, hey, we just got to put something out. Yeah, gotta make this and work. Had a budget of sixty-one million dollars, made ninety-five point seven overall, which is okay. Yeah, it's not like yeah. you're not like writing not home block- about it. Not a blockbuster level. Kind of in the heart of like what we've talked about in previous Fuqua movies. Mm-hmm. There's a good enough, but not blockbuster. Kind of, kind of feels there. feels like that NBA team that has like one really good I player. Know. They make the first round of the playoffs, but always yeah. never make. They're not going to be a finals team, and yeah, like, and it's always like kind of like a tough thing in the NBA because like the NBA kind of realized you either have to be the best or completely bottom out so you can get the number one draft pick. Yep, <laughs> you're right. It's a good analogy. Yeah, uh, it's a total Rocky. Utah Jazz. Yeah, very Utah Jazz. There for. Yeah, multiple years, frankly. Multiple iterations of the Jazz. Mm. Uh, never a Lakers. Never a Bulls. Mm-hmm. Um, film holds an approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes of 47%. A little low. Um, with an implausible story and numerous plot holes, Shooter hey. fails to distinguish itself from other mindless action thrillers. Um, Manola Darhees, who's one of, you know, I think we've, one yeah. of the better if not best, critics working today. Obviously, yes. they are the lead critic at the New York Times, so... Yeah. Like, now that A.O. Scott has uh, become a, I guess, like a book? That's kind of like his thing now? Yeah, I think, he, he got, I think A.O. Scott I, I got so thoroughly burnt out by being asked to direct or being asked to review Doctor Strange and the Mountains of Madness or whatever the fuck it was called. <laughs> it made him <laughs> mad. Yeah, it, like you throw him over the head. I have to review literature. I want us to work at the New York Times. Yeah. I cannot, cannot send me to watch another fucking Netflix original movie. <laughs> yeah, Manoli Dari's New York Times called the film a thoroughly reprehensible, satisfyingly violent entertainment about men and guns and things that go boom. There we go. She gets it. <laughs> she described director's technique as overshot and overedited, but he does have a knack for chaos. And the result is, quote, Pretty enjoyable. <laughs> hey, she's a five-time finalist for the Pulitzer Prize for criticism. Yeah, she um, understands it. Kirk Honeycutt of the Hollywood Reporter gave it a positive review, but was critical of weak characterization. The movie only lavished as much thought and care on its characters as it does on each intricate set piece. Shooter might have been a classic. Mm-hmm. He highlighted Michael Pena. That's that's one of the better performers. Yeah, I guess I like Uh, his like nervousness in that. And as we've mentioned, this movie though has kind of found yes in two thousand seven, in which we didn't have any time to like reflect or have any um, retrospective thought Mm -hmm. on kind of the times, the impact of the times on art and cinema. 
Shooter has taken on this new life of being kind of a prescient conspiratorial film. <laughs> yeah. Kind of ahead of its time. A trendsetter. A little bit more like, because in 2007, we like we said, we were either in kind of the rah-rah Americana. We mm-hmm. lay in New York, greatest city in the world, kind of like. This is feelings. Spider-Man's town. Spider-Man's town. Yeah, that kind of thing. Or we're in kind of the endless drudge of attempts Ooh. at like liberal, liberally critical movies of this era like the you like know. why why must we trade these lions for lambs exactly yeah that yeah. kind of thing mm-hmm. like all with like great intentions but completely yeah. and utterly like not particularly hugely entertaining and kind of slogs and means well cinema means well but not very like interesting yeah. like it was like very on the nose in its criticism so you get a movie like this that is inherently like sold to conservative dads right Mm -hmm. that also reveals like revels in this like no the government is working against us they're doing all these war crimes like everyone there is a nastiness to it all like right there on the surface and our soldiers are being used as pawns for all of this globe trotting adventurism and greed yeah, I'm honestly surprised this isn't like the QAnon film. Like, it's so weird that oh, White Squall. Yes. This should I be know. the. This is like this is a movie about how the deep state is doing exactly what they say they're doing. Yeah, and how it'd be cool, like if the deep, if like the coolest guys in the deep state, you know, rebelled. Yeah, which is like their like, dream. <laughs> yeah, and the only thing missing is like a true detective, a true detective style, like that. They're also sex freaks. Yeah, like the sound of Friedman uh, element. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Just that, just to add to like the the, like the level if, of if mania. At the, if at the end there were like teenage girls serving them cigars and drinks, yeah, that like if just, they had had that, this would have been the most like yeah, literally would have like, been cued on, on the movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and then <laughs> if you replaced uh, Mark Wahlberg with Jim Caviezel, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which at this point, Jim Caviezel was still an actor who got cast in normal things. Could have happened. Could he was in deja vu around the yeah. same time. Yeah, I know. Yeah, could have happened. Yeah. Like it it's it's crazy. It's crazy that this is like sitting here. I think that's why like it's been attractive to like people with like the Chapo Ilk to like revisit yeah. this movie. Because every time you accidentally bump into this movie, you're like, oh, there's like some kind of wild things going on in an ostensibly very normal movie. Yeah, it's like a feels like on paper a very baseline or not on paper, like uh, appearance wise, it feels like a very baseline run of the mill film that you would get at Redbox. And then, yeah, when like you I dig said, a little it's like deeper, the fifth yeah. movie you rent. Yeah. When you've seen everything else. This is like, I, yeah, it's like either I watch this or like a, a John Panette stand up special. Yeah. <laughs> or just kind of, or like, yeah, or yeah, go to bed. Uh, <laughs> watch the, the movies in my eyes so it's really really interesting and I don't know if how aware they were mm-hmm. of this when they were making it and it might have just be how times have changed like we were talking about at the beginning of this episode in mm-hmm. that like how we view conspiracy how we view governmental conspiracy in 2023 is vastly different 
how we view how we viewed it in 2007 and it was like the realm of fantasy and cranks in 2007 whereas now everyone has opinions on it and some of those people who have opinions on it are actually have legitimate power and it's very and it's it's also very interesting how um the sides that we're doing the Lions for Lambs and the, those kind of movies are now actively saying like anti-conspiracy. There's actually nothing wrong. Everything is fine. Uh-huh. And if you just believe in, have faith in our leaders. Mm-hmm. When really, like, it should be a question of like both. Like, yes, you should try and have faith in leadership, but you should also definitely question it at all times. Yes, <laughs> and because this does exist. This does seem realistic that this they be work. We've we have proof that this exists. Like, but it's just crazy. It's just crazy. Yeah. It opens up a can of worms that I don't think anyone involved in shooter in two thousand seven had any clue. No, I just, I, that they were doing. I think they were playing with ingredients they didn't realize would could potentially like you know make an atom. Oh, this would be cool for a plot development in the movie. This would be cool. Like it's yeah. Oh, totally. It's like what if like yeah like what if this guy was a bad guy? What if they were all bad? Like it's very. I don't think they realized that they were accidentally making a rather incendiary movie. Yes, and. All the better for us. We got a yeah, cool episode, I, out, cool fun conversation out of it. Like, you know, <laughs> like, got to see Ned, Ned Beatty play the most evil man in the world. Yeah, and it's a really interesting movie. Come back, watch it with fresh eyes, watch it with modern eyes, and yes. um, I think you'll have a um, a good time over the two oh. hours watching this movie. But yeah, I think um, very interesting. Good time. Yeah. Good time. It's you know at the very least beyond all the kind of weird undercurrents, it's a it's an entertaining movie. Yep, that, like uh, watch it, know. watch it with the watch it with the pros. Get a dog that can hand you a beer. Yeah, uh, watch it if you've got nothing to do with your dad and you're visiting home for the holidays, Ooh. forthcoming holidays. You could do great father son. You could do worse than just hang out and watch Shooter. Yeah, you know you can get him a Father's Day card. Be like, I'm the Nick Memphis to your Bobby Lee Swagger. Yeah, lovely <laughs> swagger. Wow. Oh boy. Um, if you just like are totally on board yeah. with all of the kind of um the stretches we've done to connect this to the modern era, you know, <laughs> send us an email <laughs> at the Academy Academy at podcast at gmail.com or at Twitter at the Academy. Or if you think we are conspiracy nuts in our own right, do the same. Yeah. Um, do you think Stop Loss is the best uh, yeah. war film released in the past uh, 40 years? And no offense to anyone who made any of those films. It's just they did not, they clearly did not connect with audiences. I think that's a fact. Oh, for sure. They're a little, I feel like some of those are a little stodgy. They'd be fair. I feel like. If they're looking think, at their the works and with clear eyes, they'd they'd be more than fair yeah, to admit I, I that. I think that kind of stuff they please a very certain sect of people, but it's not a huge group of people. They're well, they're 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 going for that respectability West Wing like honor. Yeah, and, and I think there's an element that 
and it's that it's something we've kind of talked a little bit about before where it's it allows the right-minded viewer to pat themselves on the back and say i this confirms that i am right yeah i'm a good boy i'm a good boy or good girl and i don't I think it's much more movies can be much more interesting than that than just to. Yeah. And I think but a lot of entertainment right now is totally about reconfirming one's beliefs and they just stick yeah. with that. And that's so boring. Get out of here. It's like I want to like. Challenge like, me. Challenge. Make me feel a little like what is the deal with this? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I, and I, you I want to walk out stewing a bit on it. I want to feel insane at least three times watching your movie. Mm-hmm. That's like that's like the sign of a that's that's the sign of a good movie is like I'm watching it and I'm overwhelmed and I feel insane and yeah. I don't know yeah I want that I want that that's that's the juice for me I need that Absolutely. and if it's and if you're making yeah and if you're making movies that are just like little like uh, tepid like eh, hmm, turns out the good thing is good like get out of here it just doesn't yeah. It's not um it's not enough. No. And so speaking of which, next week on the program, 2009's Brooklyn's Finest. A movie okay. that challenges. I can't take it back. I want the I want yeah. the sticker. I want the sticker. Give me the give me the that movie. Uh we covered it before. We're covering it again. Uh full disclosure, because <sighs> we're an honest podcast. Yeah. We're not hugely excited about watching this movie. <laughs> like, it's a, this is like, I mean, it's we've watched in some it. Ways, uh, going yeah. back to it, it's not. Um, it's not fun. They have not done it yet on Bill Simmons' Rewatchables podcast. We'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think Billy has a. I would. I would rather watch Shooter again this week. Big time. Does Shooter have like direct-to-video sequels? Um. Has a TV show. Has a TV show. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. But, uh, I was trying to think of trying to think of a, a loophole. <laughs> no, we're in it. There's no loophole. We're in it. Uh-huh. Uh, Shooters on Stars. Mm. It's on Disc or not Shooter. Brooklyn's Finest is on Stars. It's on Disc and can be rented through all the services. So, if you missed it, which you may have, it was um, knee deep in our Wesley Snipes Ooh. Odyssey when we watched it. So like Yeah, we were peak snipes. We were doing a little bit of everything there. But now we've got uh, so many uh, so many other angles to discuss on Brooklyn's mm-hmm. finest. Um we're gonna do it. Week yeah. after that, we got a big one. Oh. Big episode for you folks. This is Spicy gonna be people. Get ready. It's gonna be for more than likely a long one in which we have a lot to go through. Of course we are talking about two thousand seven's masterpiece. From David Fincher, Zodiac. Uh, note ahead of time, I'm going to make Patrick watch the director's cut yes. of this movie. The director's cut, I believe, to be the superior version. Mm-hmm. Um, a little more, a little more juice to it. But we yeah. will explain why some of the choices in the director's cut did not make the theatrical cut. Um, Zodiac is on Amazon Prime, Blu-ray can be rented i'm not certain which version is on amazon prime if it's the director's cut or the um theatrical version but it's out there might be a trip to uh, idiots for me it's out there to check out there's a wonderful mm. blu-ray and dvd set yes uh, with wonderful great special features 
um, that are worth all digging into. I mean, obviously, just based on the theme alone of Zodiac and the kind of idea of Zodiac, we're going to go along mm -hmm. because this is a movie about kind of an endless obsession. Yeah. Endless I... thought, endless like breaking down. And the case it's describing was like that. The people doing it was like that. And so is everyone involved in the shooting of it. And you become ingratiated in that as a viewer, too, yeah. which is the entire idea. So that'll be a very exciting and in depth episode that I think, on the right side, sadly for Brooklyn's Finest, we are very much looking forward to the recovery or recovery re, recovery i'm tired uh the uh, discussion on zodiac yeah. so we'll be doing that in a couple weeks oh mm. boy we made it you know we did it i'm gonna celebrate by exploding a can of chili and uh having it for lunch mm, i'm gonna uh just uh have a Gonna eat my dinty more straight from the can as I always do, and uh, oh, blew up in my face. <laughs> <laughs> so for Patrick, I'm Don. We will see you next week on the Academy Academy. Uh, dinty more. Try some, won't you? Go get me a beer. <laughs> Holy crap, Lois! There's a government conspiracy. I'm the shooter. <laughs> I'm the shooter. <laughs> I'm doing the. Thank you.